Hello everyone and welcome to episode 52 of Sights on Sinnoh. As we continue our journey through Sinnoh and Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl are on their way to us. Uh, we are tackling episodes 34 and 35 of Battle Dimension this week. And I'm joined once again by Greg. How are you feeling? Oh, pretty good. Yes, um, and yeah, and timing for our characters in these few episodes isn't the best. Um, at least starting with this one, Arriving in Style, where we find Ash and everyone back in Heart Home. But the gym is still closed because the leader is out. But, uh... It's, it starts off like, oh, we haven't been in Heart Home in a while. And Ash gets to the gym to be disappointed once more. But then a car pulls up behind him and someone asks if he is Ash. And this is where we meet the character and Pokemon stylist uh, Paris. And Yeah. What I, did you think about Paris? The, the, my first thing was, is there a Paris? In the game? Is there like a Paris, France? Like in the world. Oh like You know Cause it begs the question, because we've been to Kalos, which mm -hmm. is based off of France, and there's no Paris there. So I thought about that, like, okay, so what's the other mean like Paris has to come from somewhere else other than the city? And then I started I was very distracted because I'm like, what what is this name? She speaks, she has like some French phrases, right? Yeah, for reasons. I'm, okay, this brings me to the big question is, why did she show up at this gym? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, was she specifically looking for Ash? Because mm -hmm. she shows up and steps out, out of the car and is like, hey, are you Ash? Yeah. So... But she couldn't have because she just had to like it's weird it's she so had no weird. clue why is she there it's not like anybody knew ash was back in town mm -hmm. why was she going to the gym it's like it's very plot convenience theater it is and like my theory here to excuse this is that she's friends with fantina because it sounds like they were both coordinators at some point and they're both french and, but like, also, she knows Fantina is gone, so why would she be here? But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's more likely than not just block convenience. Yeah. Uh, but another thing that bothers me about it is she knows Ash, but she doesn't know Dawn. And as someone who won the Wallace Cup and yeah. who her, she's a coordinator, so I feel like she would be at least aware about her. The whole start of this is very, very confusing. Right. I just it, like, wh why is your name? How did you, why were you <laughs> coming to the gym? Like, mm -hmm. it's all based off of them just showing up and being like, oh, hey, I sort of recognize one of you, mm -hmm. but not the other. And, and Don is like, oh, I know Paris. And yeah. Like, what is going on? And Don has to explain who Paris is, and also to the audience, basically. Um, but Ash is like, who the heck is Paris? And 
Don explains that, oh, there's a thing called Poke Stylist, Pokemon Stylists, and they design outfits for Pokemon and coordinators, basically. And essentially, it's the dress-up portion of the Pokemon contest that you play in the games. But here in in the anime, it's kind of treated like its own thing, and... Um, and, uh, the line between the contest and this is real fuzzy because mm-hmm. it's basically, oh, we're just doing the contest part, but you have to make the clothes yourself. Yeah. An unstated rule. It's less about performance and more about the the craftsmanship is kind of the vibe I get, but. They don't really go into detail about it. Like, Paris just says coincidentally, oh yeah, there's this event happening and you should all, like, well, specifically Ash and Dawn should join. Right. Um, Because she thinks, oh yeah, you have Cubaniri and she has a Lopany herself. I kind of like that she has Lopany. It's not like a big thing, but it's cool that she's very clearly a role model for Dawn. And Dawn having the pre-evolution of Lopany uh, adds a nice parallel between yeah. the two. Yeah, yeah it, it's a little sort of symmetry going on there. Exactly. Like, oh, hey. <laughs> hey, you thing. and me. <laughs> We're alike. Exactly. Uh, and of course, Jesse and James are like, we can do this too. Can you? Je- okay, they're off the walls for that one scene where Jesse's just furious about Paris existing for some yeah, reason. for some, like... We don't even know who how we don't mm-hmm. even know who this person is, and you are this invested and this angry about a person literally the world met two seconds ago. Exactly. Like and they're just watching on TV. It's it's just a whole weird little situation yeah. there. It, this episode starts so weird. Yeah. Like they knew where they wanted to go, just not how to get there for sure. So that's how we get Team Rock involved. Jesse's like, yeah, I'm going to compete. And James is going to make my accessories. And James is very excited about this, actually. Um, honestly, he kind of has the best arc in this episode. <laughs> um, oh, but... James has the greatest ep- arc in this episode. Definitely, James yeah. James is so good in this. <laughs> oh, oh, man, great. yeah. It redeems a lot of what Team Rocket does in my eyes. Um, yeah. But in the eyes of the odd... Oh, oh, that's not good. Okay, but <laughs> moving along, we get to the Heart Home collection where people are signing up, and suddenly everyone in the lobby is distracted by a new figure who has just arrived, and her name is Coco, who Dawn doesn't know, apparently. So now she's getting a taste of her own medicine from... Some random person who's like, you don't know who Coco is? Right. We we don't know who Coco is. <laughs> and we don't want to know who Coco is because it's a very bad... Just a bad person from the start. I think it's kind of refreshing that we get a character of the day who's just, like, antagonistic right off the yeah. bat. Um, and they explained that she is a famous person from Heart Home who's, like, a local... And she, her, <laughs> her talent, get this, is being able to afford a lot of pokey stylists to make her outfits for her. Yeah. So she has money. And that's she her just, superpower. She, her, her, 
her skill is being rich. <laughs> exactly. And very little else cuz she's a she's an absolute jerk of a person. Yeah. Uh, immediately she's like, "Oh, I'm like you guys are great. I I expect all this fanfare from you." Um and and like immediately like everyone's still infatuated with her, which I have no idea why. But um she clearly thinks a she's lot of rich. herself. What was that? She's rich. She's rich. That's why <laughs> like, hey, if we were friends, she can pay for my stuff and take me out to all these places. Uh Baniri seems to be actually kind of interested in her though, which is interesting. Um and hops on over only to be kind of shooed away by Coco says, Don't you dare touch me with those filthy yeah. paws of yours. Yeah, uh, I mean she's just we all know she's evil. Um, right off the bat, she hates our cute little Baniri. Is very like classist, I guess. Yes. But this is where Donna kind of steps in and grabs him there. Is like, I'm sorry, but everyone has bad vibes from her. Even this character who's just coincidentally standing next to our heroes, whose name is unknown at this time. Um, but she's like, she has a lot of pokey stylus, but she doesn't actually know what she's doing. Uh, and Dawn goes over to this person who has strong Edna mode vibes from The Incredibles. <laughs> yes. Well, she has like, I mean, it's it's the stereotypic fashion editor, right? The big glasses. Yeah. The, it's the Anna Wintour. Without saying it's Anna Wintour. Right? Oh, like, OK. The person know, I found was called Edith Head. And maybe that was before or after. Uh, I mean, that's another one, but like okay. the Edith Winthor has this is often with the big giant sunglasses and that same sort of severe bob cut. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like her thing as editor in chief of Vogue. But yeah, like it's a it's it's a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. sort of squished into one. Like it's it's <laughs> a very stereotypic representation representation yeah so like edith head also has that uh animator wears it edna mode in the incredibles like it is a shortcut for this is that type of person severe haircut big glasses yeah and she kind of has that personality as well in terms of like being very critical um but just talented of course in what they do and dawn's like oh can you tell me one of these secrets like, it's phrased very weirdly, but she's like, oh, she kind of wants a, a tip for how to do this whole thing. This is where they really blur the line between what's a contest mm-hmm. and what's a battle. Because she's sort of, she's like, you're a contest trainer. You figure it out. Which is like, all right, rude. <laughs> yeah, and then she walks away and says, like, have you ever been in a Pokemon contest before? And Don's like, yeah, duh. Like, no one seems uh, to know I won the Wallace Cup, yeah, apparently. Like, Wallace Cup, not that long. <laughs> yeah. And she says, coordinators and Pokestylists, they're all the same. And to me, that seemed like a dismissive response and yeah. not very helpful. So it comes to fruition in a bit, but I, I wish the phrasing were stronger on some of these interactions. Um, but we'll see how that kind of plays in Dawn's head, at least, as we, we cut right. to the night ahead where they're in the Pokemon Center and Dawn's at her balcony, just like with all these designs on them. And she has a great one where she she has like a bunch of cotton around her waist and the headband. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. 
but she she's going all over in terms of flair and style. Um, one of the outfits in her sketches kind of looks like what Paris is wearing. So I actually found it interesting to see all of the ideas that she's going through. Mm-hmm. And then Brock, or not Brock, Ash comes out and he's like, hey, have you decided what you're going to do yet? Like, Brock's already working on making mine. Brock's is, Brock was already done with his. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like, I that, as we would learn, that would take about two seconds. He probably was like, hey, Ash, that's that that one looks great. It's like, this one's going to take me no time at all. Let's just go with this. <laughs> right. And then Ash is coming out here to say, oh, yeah, you have a bunch of awesome designs here. And Don's like, yeah, thanks. I, I just don't really know what I'm going to go with. And, and Ash's last warning here is like, hey, you're going to run out of time. So yeah, you got to pick something. Uh, Brock tells him his outfit's ready. So he just runs inside to try it on. And again, reminds Don, hey, when you're ready, I'll I'll help you with yours. And she's like, thanks. I'm just not sure what to pick yet. She She's like trying to figure out what to do here and ask Brock, like, what's the secret of being a right. pokey stylist? And I'm like, don't ask Brock. He, yeah, he Brock can decide. Yeah. Brock doesn't know anything. Brock, Bro- is, Brock, Brock is your labor. Hey. Don't, don't <laughs> ask the labor for ideas. Yeah, you're the management here. You're the creative visionary. And we hear some happy noises from Pikachu and Ash as they're trying on their outfits. And it's like, yeah, that looks great. Like, the audience is going to love you. And this is when Dawn gets her epiphany about what um, Edna Moe person told her. And then also parallels that with what Zoe told her. Yeah, Um, which was a nice moment. Sort of like, hey, mm -hmm. this is the deal. Remember. Right. And like this quote from Zoe has a lot more impact on her than just getting her confidence back, which I like. Yeah, um, it's, it's a, a building nice, block. It's a nice callback. It's a good mm-hmm. character building moment. Yeah. So, but then again, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. still like, okay, we are. What's the difference between this and, and a contest? Except you're mm-hmm. not going to battle. Maybe it's wild. It, yeah, like well, for contests themselves, the Pokemon don't dress up at all. So that's kind of it. Um, but there's like I, no rule about that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like that says that that's a not a thing. They don't think they just don't really clarify what this is. It's, it's mm-hmm. basically a one-off. It's like okay, whatever. Right. It's it's kind of more like a fashion show, is what I gather, because you aren't scored in terms of points. You're just like, I, it, it's it's hard. It's definitely not super clear. Um, but what does become clear for Dawn is what she wants in her design, and she immediately starts sketching again, and we yeah. cut to the next day. And I'd like to say, all of the scenes that are on, like, this Pokemon Center balcony, like, not the specific location, um, but just in terms of how the show's structured, are always mm-hmm. really good. Like, they're the yeah. highlights of these character moments, which I really like. They're, they're, they're like, quiet it's like they can do quiet mm-hmm. reflective mm. but only on this balcony Never <laughs> yeah it can only happen on a balcony at night exactly this is the only time where we're allowed to be introspective we cut to the next day where we're at the heart home collection and okay this is where we find out that the mayor of the town who also yeah. was the like 
head MC of the Heart Home Tag Battle is also the MC of this competition. Yeah. So I'm like, when do you do your job, dude? You know, this is the job. I don't know that there's maybe. Much, I don't know <laughs> that there's much they have to decide in as far as how Pokemon World real world events go. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think the mayor is in charge of making laws or anything. I think that's the world is ruled by Pokemon. So what is he going to do? He's just going to open up battles. Hey, yeah, he's, he's got <laughs> to keep the, the roads paved and the water flowing and everything. Does he? I don't know. I feel like he doesn't have time for that because he's always running Pokemon stuff. <laughs> he has his assistant doing it or something. Mm. Well, that makes sense. He does introduce our two judges here who are going to do an interesting job with everything that we'll see in this competition. Uh, Poke stylist, idol, superstar is the full phrase that he uses to name Paris. And we get a roar of applause from everyone in the audience. And this is where he introduces the second judge, who is editor-in-chief of fashion magazine Poke Chic. Uh, the lovely and talented and gracious um, Hermione, who is, of course, the Edna Mode um, mm-hmm. standing that we got earlier. A unnecessary flashback insert here for Don. And then we are pretty much getting started with a light change on the stage. All the other people are basically just montages except for Coco, Jessalina, Ash, and Don. But there is a Blossom, though, actually, who starts it off. Yeah, but it's all pictures. Well, Blossom does do like a little thing before the picture. Very brief. Yeah, it's super short. Um, it's very much we don't care about. Yeah, like they don't matter. They're not main characters. <laughs> it's a, whatever. Um, it's kind of just to show that someone else is competing here, not just our characters. But Lawson's actually, out of all these montages, I think looks the best to me. Some other ones include, like, I don't know. There was a uh, Magikarp with jewels, a Chikorito. The Megatarp uh, with Jules was, like, bad. Yeah, that, I don't know what they're doing there. Oh, how, what do you think about the Roselia one? I mean, not long enough. Should have <laughs> been in the end, but wasn't for plot reasons. Yeah, oh, yeah. plot reasons that don't make any sense. How dare they? If, if they just hadn't come on through, she would have easily taken it, for sure. Yeah. Um, Edna, or sorry, I'm going to say that, Hermione <laughs> is very critical as always, and Paris points that out, and she says, it's all your fault, you, you became such a well-regarded pokey stylist that everyone's doing it now. Yeah, which is uh, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh-huh. It's, uh, like, it's fine, it, it just shows it's how- all crazy. your fault for making the thing that I love popular, and therefore popular. You and made it harder to gatekeep. To yeah, like, shut up, Hermione. <laughs> Let people like fashion. I do like Paris's response, though, which is like, I'm sorry, fashion should be a crime. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, all right, yeah, whatever. You, right. you tell her, you tell her, Paris. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the to... The whole thing is wild. And then, yeah, we get to Ash. And they have a cool little suspenseful intro with flashing light behind them. And I didn't understand what this was until I checked out the trivia for this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Ash is wearing, like, 
Oh, I get what it's supposed to. Okay. Do you want to explain this? Do you understand the reference here? Well, they're the they're the wind and thunder gods. Yes. Uh, um, Kujin and Raijin, I believe. Yeah, Kujin and Fujin and Raijin, the the gods of thunder, wind and thunder. They, I mean, we're gonna be real. We're gonna be real, real loose. <laughs> yeah, we'll because. The- because really, it's just the fact that they're wearing a weird loincloth and have pointy ears on the top of their head. It's like. I'm going to say, if you didn't know, mm-hmm. like this is this is one of those things when they walked out, I went, oh, this is this is this is another jelly donut situation. Right. It's, it's... <laughs> this is one of the things that's so specifically Japanese mm-hmm. that it does mm-hmm. not like there is not a lot. There's nobody who's going to make sense out of this. And the, yeah. to their credit, they didn't even try. Right. Um, but if you do look into it, it's actually pretty cool. Um, yeah. in terms of like the cultural reference. Because what they're wearing is the line cloth that Greg said, but also like hair that's supposed to look fluffy on them and represent right. clouds, which I didn't understand until right now. Yeah. Um, and then the pointy ears again are to are to kind of yeah, represents the the creatures that are those two gods, and I think it's Raijin that has the drum, which is why Pikachu yes. has the drum. Yes, exactly. Um, and the, Pikachu's wearing that on its back, but Pikachu right. in the scene is also very, very nervous and like embarrassed, I guess. Yes, and right. I mean, look. Mm-hmm. Ash is basically naked on stage. He's a naked <laughs> in front of an entire televised everything. It's choices have been made. Definitely. I'm not they're good choices. I'm not going to say that they're bad choices, but choices were definitely made in coming up with this. You and are. Brock, here's the mm-hmm. thing. And Brock was fine with it. Yeah. Brock made this. <laughs> Let's not forget this part. Brock made this. And he Ash- has a cute performance, right? Yeah. Like, they do the they do the ritually type thing. It's you know, everybody who was Japanese in the audience immediately got it, and everybody who's not's like, okay, I don't know why everybody's <laughs> into that, but sure. Yeah, because Ash bends down and says, Hey Pikachu, no need to be embarrassed. Like, go and have fun out there. And he jumps on down, uses Iron Tail to play the drum on its back, which is cute, and uh, then lets out a shower of sparks with Thunderbolt. Um, and Hermione pretty much says what Greg says, like, well, they made some choices, and at least they're trying to, like, right, uh, uh, do the thing that is what makes this special, is, like, show off your Pokemon. Yeah. Um, and then Paris is like, yeah, I love the, the, the clothes as well. So, um, the only, pretty much the only ones that they have somewhat positive opinions about from all this, all these performances. Right. And then we cut to the next person who... Oh, well, actually, before this is where we get James, who is... <laughs> James has a great outfit this episode. <laughs> Let yeah. me say that. James is very good. Mm-hmm. Very much like, I am excited for this thing that I made. Mm-hmm. I'm excited that I get to show my skills. I made beautiful accessories. Yeah! <laughs> And once again, everything that James does is torn apart by Jesse. Right. And as he's expecting this disaster to come onto stage, he's sitting in the audience complimenting 
um, the accessory and garbs that Ash and Pikachu have. He's like, oh, they're quite unique. And Brog is coincidentally coming right over and about to sit next to him in the empty seat. He's like, oh, thanks. I actually made those. And immediately James is nervous because like, oh, he's right. going to find out Empty Rocket. <laughs> Which nobody does. I don't know why they would worry about this. Yeah. So he just plays along with it and they're 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 just kind of watching the show together. Um backstage we get Ash coming back looking very pleased with himself. Pikachu's still kind of embarrassed. Um yeah. and he starts talking to Don, who we get a bit of an inner monologue here, which is kind of interesting. They actually like show they do this thing where like they show her inner self facing the other way. Yeah. And having second thoughts about even entering this competition. Right. Which, again, is, you know, it's they're very consistent at this point with Don's Mm -hmm. character. Like. She, you know, she has not yet overcome her confidence issues, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just cleaned away because she won something. Right. You know, she's still. Mm-hmm. She still got some. She has room to grow. Yeah. And even in that moment, she also says like, hey, no need to worry. Kind of still pumping herself right. up a bit. So a full it's a nice thing that isn't like dragging the episode down or like, oh, like, should I do this? Should I not? Um, we got that right. in the Wallace Cup. Piplup snapped her out of it. So now we see the next natural step for that in her character's maturity. Right. It's a nice moment. Exactly, yeah. And then we get Jessie, who is wearing the accessories that James has made for her, which is just two necklaces identical, one for her and one for Wobbuffet. Uh, they both are just like a star-shaped emblem with a crescent moon... Un- oh, hit my mic. Uh, with a crescent moon uh, hanging underneath it. But she's like, oh, this is too subdued. I need to make it colorful and Meowth is like, no, no, it's fine. It's great. And she just goes wild with the makeup. Yeah. Like, why? I get uh, it. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesse's flashy. So I, I... She's flashy and gaudy. I get it. It's fine. Like, it's again, it's one of those things. It's like the best laid plans is just ruined by Jesse. <laughs> Yeah, because we cut to outside and James is like explaining to Brock, oh, I'm next. Like, you're going to see my accessories that I made, which are about simplicity and beauty. About simplicity and beauty. And then (laughs) this makeup nightmare comes out. Yeah, and they're both kind of horrified, James especially. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. uh, I think as James puts it, it's like, it looks like they tried to rob a makeup truck or something. Yeah. (laughs) Which I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Is very uh, good. James is very good in this episode. Yeah, he and Brock is kind of like that simplicity. Like he's trying to not burn him too much, but right. I think <sighs> like at least Brock picks up that like this mm-hmm. is not going according to plan. Exactly. Yeah, he puts that together as uh, after seeing James's reaction, probably as well. Uh, he's like, my finest work has been reduced to subway graffiti. <laughs> And Jesse's already mad at Wobbuffet for no reason. And it's like, Je- like Jesse, you did this to yourself. What's going on right. here? Hermione also calls out that oh, this is garish, a new low in bad taste. Yeah. And she's not wrong. <laughs> no, Jessie, yeah. Jesse literally makes herself look like a clown. 
Right. Like, like, and I didn't even, like, I don't even know how she would make that choice. That's the part mm-hmm. I'm like, even Jesse has better taste than that. Yet somehow she does this. It's just like one of those things that's just mm. like, okay, fine. Yeah. It's a or- little more plot conveniency for like her like I it would have been I think I would have been fine with it if mm-hmm. she had just overdone it on Waba Fett and not made herself look like a clown. Yeah. Cause like she's so particular about her own look. Mm-hmm. And like it just felt weird. Like how would she not see that? that- right. Like we s- when we see the makeup scene, she's just like painting all over Waba Fett, but not herself. Right. We don't even know that she's doing that until right now. Right. It's just a it was just a weird choice and it didn't really need it. But it just it hammers home that it, that. It hammers home that she made a bad choice. I just felt like, oh, you're also just making her you're basically just sort of calling her a clown, which mm-hmm. is a little unfair. Like you just didn't need to do it. Yeah, it, it kind of just goes to. Sh- it was mostly to like have James go through right. this emotional roller coaster, right? Um, and Brock is like, "Oh, I could see that your accessories are really, really great, though." Mm-hmm. And they have a moment, yeah, and it's a good moment. Brock and James forever. <laughs> the true ship of this anime. The true ship of this anime is Brock and James, and I like that Brock points out specifically what makes it good right Um, like brock knows why it should have been the way it was which is mm -hmm. like again these two need to be together and open up a stylist store (laughs) yeah and just get out of this and partner with that one um trainer from like season one who had the vulpix yeah it'd be perfect um and yeah james just cries all over brock it's like oh you understand me so much because he's like it must be terrible to have your accessories just like tarnished by this makeup right by this horrible thing that's happening on stage yeah um and then we get to number 20 which is coco and her miss magius what do you think about this uh appearance i mean this is sort of like I get to sort of keep it for all ages, but I'm like, oh, you gave away like you, you really heavily handed towards what's going to happen here. Right. Like you kept hinting, you went back to what Don made a connection and you're just going to do the super gaudy, interesting, but super gaudy dress. And I mm. felt like too hammery with a message like, oh, here's the. Here's what's going to be her mm. downfall mm-hmm. because they made it really sort of obvious. But I mean, it's it. I mean, it's fine. Like it, it, it's not one of those mm-hmm. moments where it's like, oh, she's very heavy-handed. She's very super confident. She's very much where Dawn was. But also, she like I feel like it was a weird thing because I don't feel like it was implied that she's never done this before. Like I guess I always okay. felt I yeah like. I don't feel like this was like her first time doing a Pokemon Silas since she's been following it for so long. I thought that was the the explanation. Like she's kind of known for doing these things already, right? Yeah, because I mean, Coco's a famous stylist. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're saying like she because she has experience, she should have known right. what to do. Right. It I feels see. like. 
it feels weird. It just felt like, okay, it feels weird that they didn't sort of give her enough time, I guess, to be like, she's so arrogant, she doesn't care anymore. Like, the, they could have done a little bit more in her interaction in the Pokemon Center to show that, you know, they spent the time making her cold to Benary and not having her come across as like an arrogant person that would make this type of mistake. Yeah. Um, like we do introduce her as super famous and have a, a, a fleet of people who make these things for her. My guess is that they kept saying local. So maybe she's do done things here. And because they aren't like professionals, that's where she kind of has her clout. It's like, it's like, I don't know, like an Instagram model or something. It's like, well, if yeah. you're, <laughs> you're viral here, but not to professionals, more like the general public. Yeah, they're just not very clear with it. Right. Which I'm like, okay, whatever. And Miss Maggie's accessory is this dress that kind of matches Coco's, which has yeah. white strands kind of come out of it. And once they're out, she uses Psywave to make them glow and flow. So kind of gives like a rainbow octopus kind of feel, I right. guess. A jellyfish, actually, is probably right. close. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, this is like super dazzling. But I immediately I'm like, those strands are like so much bigger than Miss Maggie is. It doesn't matter what Pokemon is doing this. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, kind of similar to how we saw with Ambipom and it's Swift. Um, James is also <laughs> critical about it, uh, as everyone else in the audience. So including our MC and Mayor Enta right. is like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. Uh, and James is like, an insult to the designer community. <laughs> right. Um, and it's like, it's just, a, he, he calls it a gimmick, which is like, yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, but Brock, of course, is more worried about Dawn. He's like, yeah, but it is a tough act for Dawn to follow. Yes. It's and very flashy and very showy. Exactly. It's all about the glamour with Coco, as you can expect. And then we get a great shot. Of Dawn, Ash, Pikachu, and Pipla backstage, which I really liked. Um, it just kind of pans over from our friends who are waiting for Dawn, and she she already looks different, like she has her hair down. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is a really cool moment to like show us suspense since we don't see what she looks like. She's right. talking about like she can't waste this opportunity, and. Um, it's a lot of buildup, which I thought was really well done. And yeah. she looks down at Baneri, who's not, who's also, we don't see what she's wearing. We just see the one ear. <laughs> yeah. Like, Let's go. But yeah, it seems like you like that as well. Yeah. I mean, it, they built this up very well, I think. Like, I almost like it more than the Wallace Cup, actually. Uh, I think they're very similar. I think, I think this, like, I don't think this would play as well if the Wallace Cup hadn't come before it, right? Like, if this sure. stood on this own, yeah. it would be a strong. That's fair, yeah. I, I guess I, I kind of would have preferred if maybe in the Wallace Cup she did wear something a bit more different. Right. Um, And that was, like, a reveal, like, oh, we're showing a new phase of her. But yeah. this also works very well, since we have that internal development in the Wallace Cup, and here it's a bit more external right. for everyone to see. Uh, And then the curtains part, and we see what Dawn and Muneri are wearing, which looks great. It's simple, but it's effective. 
And what she's wearing is basically a set of blue pearls with a white dress. And but Nira doesn't have this, but Dawn has like a yellow kind of bow uh, on the backside of hers. What do you think about this reveal? Of uh, Dawn's dress? Uh, yeah, of Dawn and Beniri's attire. Um, I think it was very effective, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it showed like immediately like Dawn understood something that nobody else did. Uh, and also they could make something. Well, she didn't make it. Brock did, but could design something very simple, but interesting and fitting to what had to happen. Right. Um, and you can tell that she, further that she understands this as she tells Baniri, like, hey, go have fun. Pretend you're a snow fairy on a mountain. Um, yes. Which seems kind of specific. <laughs> is, is a very specific ask. Uh, I would have been fine if she was just like, hey, pretend you're like playing in the snow. And right. same message, basically. Uh, but Baniri complies and walks on down to the stage, bounces around having fun in her dress. And starts using Ice Beam to kind of create that snow mountain effect behind her. Um, And she's just like, hey, the accessories and fashion aren't important because it's all about you having fun. And Baniri's having the time of its life on the stage. And our judge, yeah, and our judge from earlier, Hermione, immediately is like, ah, this is it. This is what I'm looking for. And smiles for the first time in the episode. Right. And Benary just freezes, like, literally everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I... I'm mixed because I kind of wish it were showier, but at the same time, that's the point of this? Mm-hmm. Is that it's not. It's that it's very... Uh, concentrated and not, it doesn't have to be, like, an elaborate performance. Um, I know how in the future contest, Benary's going to use that ice beam to be, make something very elaborate. Um, so I, I wonder how much of this is going to inspire Dawn to do that. Paris is also very into it, saying like, Trey bien, we bien, <laughs> we Trey bien, I think. Um, yeah. just spitting out all this French for the, for the week. And yeah, she just um, jumps up very happy. And, uh, that ends the performance with a bunch of ice now on stage, which I have no idea how they're going to remove for the next performance. Right. And then another heart-to-heart between James and Brock in the audience. They're like, oh, that was great. Your accessories are simple and super effective. Mm-hmm. Everyone backstage is having, like, is congratulating Don as well. And we cut to the announcements, which is who is getting our first place, our greatest accessories award, and our most unique award. I don't know why I just didn't do first, second, third. <laughs> Yeah, well, also, it feels like there were only supposed to be two awards. <laughs> and they're like, we're just going to give one to Ash. Yeah. For reasons. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's having a rough time. He, he, he didn't even get through the semifinals at the Wallace Cup. He has to win something, clearly. When he's been denied yet another gym battle. because <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they all just feel bad for him. So we get, of course, Ash and Pikachu coming down, as well as Coco and her Miss Magius, and Dawn and her Baneri, which means Jessie did not make it to the second round, to no one's surprise. To no one's surprise. And then she's super mad about it. 
Yeah, she walks off, and we, we'll get to see what happens to her. We know what's gonna happen. They do the same thing <laughs> they always do. Yeah, but with a twist, and I kind of liked it. They gather down at, on the stage, and they're, like, going to announce which person won which of these three awards. Coco, of course, just, they're like, yes, she's the arrogant one, and she thinks she's already right. won. Um, like, I don't even know why I have to be with these horrible people. <laughs> this is This is all just, like, polite theater for you guys oh, because yeah. i won <laughs> i clearly won like okay. it's like auditions like oh no i already got the role but you know right. my friend the director has to still run auditions and everything right james goes backstage very mad that <laughs> jesse just like skewered his handiwork but jesse's like no uh, it was clearly your fault and just right. james just kind of takes it which i'm like no yeah. you James always just takes it, right? Yeah. Like that's uh-huh. sort of the dynamic. Like James mm-hmm. wants James knows what happens. James wants to stand up to Jesse, but just can't. Yeah. He knows what's he knows what really happened, but no one's gonna listen to him or his logic, unfortunately. Um they start storming away and Jesse's like, Ugh, like I'm so annoying here. Let's just grab all the accessories that we can. And Mal's like, ha, no worry, I was I was ready for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, some okay and then this is the like least believable part for me so they get into their machine thing and as they're about to like announce the winners on stage there's like a rumbling which almost causes the mc to fall over and then suddenly the roof opens up but like it's built to open up so did Meowth hack the systems for that to happen or something? Because that clearly was yeah. not planned. Yes. It's not clear. Uh-huh. But it opens up. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they can get in. Yes, they can get in and steal everything for reasons. Yeah, I'm like, why not just open it at the beginning <laughs> like for this show or something? Um, but anyway, they come in in this like dress style machine which is flying in the air and uh a very upset james inside who's just very apathetic to what's going on at the moment (laughs) and it's the best into it his heart's not into it it's been crushed by jesse's terrible choices yeah his his just voice being silenced is really getting to him today yes um and had it today Right, and it's reflected very much in their motto. And, and, okay, like, just this motto alone is great. <laughs> like, I recommend checking out this episode for that, as everyone's doing it normally except for James. He, like, the music cuts out every time James talks, so he, and he just says, like, wow, I'm so excited, can you tell by my face? And yeah, just a lot of great one-liners. Poor James. <laughs> He's having Man. a rough day. <laughs> James, go with Brock. Brock appreciates. Yeah. You guys go live go, your best lives. Go open an accessory shop and a beauty parlor. Just go. Leave <laughs> this life behind. Brock's going to leave next season anyway, so might as well. Right. Like... Brock doesn't stick around. He's you gone. Be happy for once. And, and like, use your, your parents' funding or whatever. I don't know. Right. And yeah, they just go through the motto, but but James very dismayed throughout the whole thing. And 
I think uh, Hermione runs on stage and like, it's like, get that thing out of here. And right. someone says something to her. I'm not sure what, but she says, no one gives me advice and gets away with it. So yeah. I, I'm like, okay, like, I guess we're going to make her humorous now. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, they fight off. She has La Putty mm-hmm. help. Right, because power. yeah, uh, they like send out the arms from their machine to grab stuff, but uh, Baneera uses Dizzy Punch, and then Lapani attacks like the main robot with Hidden Power. Piplup tries to help, but just gets knocked back down. Poor Piplup. Uh, it tried using Headbutt, but apparently does not know that move. Unfortunately, no, does not succeed. Yeah, yeah, he tries to have a hero moment. It's really cute. He tries, he, like... and he does not <laughs> succeed at all. Uh, they even grab him and start like swinging him around, which is when Lopany attacks with the hidden power um, to free Piplup, which <laughs> Don just catches and is yeah. unconscious. Uh, the machine starts acting up, and his mouth's trying to regain control. Paris just looks at Don and is like, "All right, let's do it. Let's and- do it." <laughs> Let's do the thing that we haven't planned and have no way of communicating to each other. Exactly. It's it's just like, you know, coordinate their telepathy or something. Um, and what they do is have Baniri and Lopini both, both use bounds to jump in the air and then kick away the machine into oblivion. Yeah. That's not so that works, but okay. They did something similar right before the Wallace Cup, actually. Yeah, um, they. I mean, they're somewhat consistent, but basically, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, sure. It's a it's a cooler way of of using bounce than you'd think. Than it is in the games. Yeah. <laughs> to their credit, Team Rocket's blasting off, and they just resume with their uh, award ceremony. Surprising no one, Pikachu and Ash win the uniqueness award. <laughs> when the we made this up award <laughs> like this is a participation ribbon let's be real <laughs> hey at least they get a ribbon not like everyone else yeah i mean they just made that up they just made it up because they're like okay he took a risk and we should reward this mm-hmm. mostly naked child on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> we want to reward people who are, are pushing the limits of pokey stylist world uh, so they're excited about that, and they're like, yeah, that was a unique usage of Pikachu. Um, so I think they know their Japanese mythology a bit more yeah. than most well, people. Uh, yeah, more than the audience in America does. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then we get the suspenseful moment of announcing the true, the like, true winner of this Heart Home collection, and spotlights on, on Coco, who has her eyes closed, very confident and mm-hmm. cocky. And a more nervous Dawn with the spotlight on her, who's like, hmm, and like readying herself. Uh, Baniri also very nervous and adorable. Yes. But fear not, they are the first place winners of the Heart Home Collection. Yay. Good job, Dawn and Baniri. Surprising no one. Round of applause, round of applause. And they get cute tiaras, which... Uh Uh-huh. I think that's a specific accessory from the game. Uh, could be. Um, I don't remember. And it. they get one for Baneri, one for Dawn. And right before uh, this, shut down. <laughs> yeah. <Denied. laughs> 
she immediately abandons her her partner and her comrade and goes to hug Pikachu. Yep, which is great. They love just Daenery, having a rough day. Benary loves Pikachu more than Piplup. Oh, clearly, uh, they they have no chemistry. And like, sure, Piplup's not interested, but like, give him some recognition. <laughs> Like, he tried saving you guys, tried, like, two yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, so now you can start working on your collection. And she's yeah. like, no. And I'm like... <laughs> Don, you could still do both. Don, this is, like, a lot of money and yeah. a career. <laughs> Got also, long term. Why did you join this if you weren't going to take the prize? Mm-hmm. And they're all fine with it, which, of course, they're fine with it. Did they ever say this was the prize? Because that surprised me. I don't remember them mentioning it. I thought it was going to be, like, another ribbon or something. They weren't clear mm -hmm. about what the, what the prize was. And then they're like, it's this. You can yeah. make your own collection. And she's like, no. I'm I'm a, <laughs> I'm a coordinator at heart, and they're all like that. Sure, sure did show through. Yeah, and I hope you continue that with all your future contests. Yes. Um, the I would <sighs> I kind of wish they were like, okay, but call me when you're done, <laughs> like, right? Or like, we'll 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 catch up. Keep in touch. Yeah. Keep in touch. You got skill. You got moxie, kid. This contest thing isn't for you. I would have loved the post credit scene for this being like the Pokemon Center phone is just going off the hook. Right. Because this is the one time mom's, <laughs> Don's mom actually calls. It's like, no, Don, what are you doing? Make but us yeah, money. We, <laughs> right? We get all the Trabians and everyone's like, yeah, you did the true spirit of Pokestylist and uh, Brock, again, doesn't really garner much recognition from <laughs> Paris uh, and Coco. Yeah learns a lesson not I really think so but we don't really care yeah whatever she, and yeah dawn gets a great tiara i think the real reason she won is because she wasn't wearing a crown like coco right and so she has it, space on her head she had space for her accessories i exactly. mean to be fair her simplicity thing it was a nice tie back you know we get it i'm still not sure what the difference between a stylist and a contest is except they didn't battle at the end it seems Seems yeah, like a it's a real fine distinction you're drawing here, kids. I think uh, I feel like the stylist part is making the accessories, but this competition is more about like, hey, we're gonna do the runway show for it, and that's not really they didn't make the accessories, Brock did. Right, right, but it's exactly, but the runway show, the models didn't make the accessories, right. so there you go. But again. <laughs> Uh, everyone's fine with with Dawn choosing her career path at the moment. Yeah, that's kind of wraps up here as we we see like Dawn get something else under her belt that no one's gonna recognize, like her Wallace Cup victory for some reason. Um, and that wraps up arriving in style, which is again episode thirty four of Battle Dimension. Mm -hmm. Curtain closes and. Uh, you're left with us. So, Greg, uh, what are your thoughts on this episode overall? I mean, overall, it was a very solid episode. Like, mm -hmm. it didn't... They did enough character development with Dawn and sort of, like, 
they made it another stepping stone to build Don's confidence, which saved it from being just pure filler. It actually turned out, apart from some weird things where they just decided not to explain stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was a fairly solid episode. Yeah, same here. Like, in the grand scheme of things, it's filler, but it's really cool and, like, a right. nice touch for what these characters have been through and how they're changing and evolving moving forward is really nice to see it's it's a doing filler correctly yeah right there's still enough in there to be like character growth comes from this and it's not a complete waste of time which is the episode right after this oh my god yes and we'll get to that but before we (laughs) we'll definitely get to that uh before we do what would you rate this episode um i give it a seven yeah that sounds good. I'll, I'll give it like a seven and a half. I it's solid. I'm, they made some weird choices. They don't explain things, but you know, yeah, could be a little better with the exposition, at, especially maybe in the beginning. Um, and made good use of coming back to Heart Home. Like you're passing right. through here anyway. Let's let's see more about what Heart Home's about, which is the your, the style. The time passing through here. <laughs> hey, only second in the anime. <laughs> How much more are they come in through here? I think at least once more, but um, we'll see. Back to finally do the gym battle at least once. Oh yeah. Uh, just some fun trivia about this. In a future episode, we actually do see a photo with Dawn and Hermione um, back at Dawn's house, which seems to imply that after her journey, she actually did take up Hermione on her offer. So to start a career. Exactly. <laughs> Johanna's like, hey, contests are great, but I right, think you should give uh, that nice lady a call. Get some get some money on the table here. <laughs> yeah, someone's paying for all these Pokemon Center visits and clothes I keep sending you. Uh, it's not just going to be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she pretty much says, like, the Psyduck stops here, Dawn. Uh, which is coincidentally the name of the next episode. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Episode 35, Battle of Dimension. Uh, we continue on towards Celestic Town, and they run in. our heroes run into three irritable Psyduck, and they can't quite make a detour because they'll miss the Celestic Town contest, but these three Psyduck are intent on letting no one through. Okay. Oh, boy. I mean... <laughs> Nothing happens in this episode. It's a bizarre episode because... I literally was watching it and at multiple times kept thinking, how is this episode not over yet? Yeah. Like... How? You could cut easily the first 15 minutes of this and get... Just move on with what's going on. It's like, okay, so... Yeah, this happens in the game. There's mm-hmm. a Psyduck you have to get past. Yeah. But you don't even do it like the game. Mm-hmm. Also, these three Psyduck are the most super-powered yeah. OP Psyduck that have ever existed. Because yeah. nothing they do somehow works. Nothing. And what is also fairly irritating is how much they recycled animations. Mm-hmm. And then kept recycling them. Like, so Brock suggests alternative route, and then they're like, no, we're gonna send out Turtwig, Turtwig, Turtwig's Rage Leaf was recycled. 
then they do Pip-Up, Pip-Up's going to talk. And like all of these moves that they keep doing are like, we have seen these animations. You are literally, because they're, again, they don't have backgrounds to tie them here. They do the, most of them have that one color background, which means they just slid something in. And like Team Rocket is watching. And this is like this whole set, like the whole, this first like 10 minutes, I swear, felt like half an hour. Yeah, it's. And it's it, like nothing happens. They just keep they just keep going at these super powered Psyduck. Right. And what makes it what makes it worse is. There's three big battle moments of this episode. One with the Psyduck where they're just going, like, all our heroes are trying to take them down one at a time. Even though this very clearly calls for, like, a three-on-three battle. Right. It's a triple battle, people. Just... <laughs> I know that's next-gen, but come on. You, you gotta improvise here. Like, you've done it before. Right? And they like, do, do it, it in this Team episode. Awesome, and they do it in this episode. Yeah, it's madness. Because then Team Rocket tries to steal them by putting plungers on their head and trying to carry them away. And this is where everyone teams up and saves them. And I'm like, why right. didn't you just do this before why to defeat them? That's so frustrating. Uh, but between this, Ash goes and, and sneaks behind them using Gliscor and Staravia to glide across, which is like, all right, that's fine. But don't you didn't need to spend too much okay. time on that. Why couldn't you just use Staravia? Because Staravia isn't big enough. Right. Ash weighs like a dollar fifty. <laughs> there is a well, yeah, there is a scene in the previous episode where we see him falling from like a ship in midair, and the only thing that catches him is a star raptor. And I was like, why doesn't Saravia do it? Yeah. So the whole weird thing of trying to make a wind for Gliscor to fly around with it that also went on for a long time, and also like the Psyducks just never looked up. Yeah, like how are they are protecting this, and they know flying types exist, right? It's so, uh, and Brock tries to excuse this by saying, "Hey, we're we're distracting them by distracted by doing this really weird, slightly Ants? inappropriate maraca routine." Yeah, Dance at, where it. Uh, so dumb. Don has the right idea. It's like, are we really doing this? Are we really doing this? And he's still doing it. And then so they make it over and then sees a bunch of Psydex holding eggs. It's like, oh, ho, 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 they're protecting here. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to fly back. Just walk back. Right. Like, you're already yeah. Them. Just why are we doing this whole stupid Gliscor thing again except to make Gliscor feel bad about itself? It's kind of a plot point later on, so I can see it. Why? But it's they spend an unnecessary amount of time trying to push an this. An unfortunate amount of time. Yeah, it's so long. So then they get back, and then okay, now we're gonna really capture the Psyduck people, and then they do the mm -hmm. whole Team Rocket thing, and then they stop it, and then. The, then Ash is like, oh, now you can see that we're not trying to hurt you. Right. We're but trying to help you. That doesn't add up. Like, these are. <laughs> this, you're... 
Yes, like you're still trying to go past. Like you, they, they right. clearly know they don't care about you. They care about the eggs. Protecting the eggs, like your intentions. Oh God, they don't matter, Ash. Like, come on. <laughs> um, and before we can get that resolved, a side deck, another side deck, like comes up from behind and is like, "Hey, like, we're the egg. Your babies are hatching. Your babies are hatching." <laughs> Um. So, and so they all run back, and then all the babies hatch, and they all all the babies are born with headaches. Apparently, <laughs> I'm like oh, this line is cursed. And also, where where are any? None of you evolved, like right? You evolve through leveling to protect your children. And become we gold did duck? see because there's literally not a gold duck. <laughs> yeah, and it would be useful for what we're about to find out. Um. Though we have seen in the past a like Bidoo village that has like no bee barrel in it for some reason. Right. Bee um, barrel, of course, had its children of the corn situation. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Uh, when you put it that way, mm. um, and then and it's the same here. Everyone's telling Brock to like give them food because okay. they'll trust you. But like, in what? <laughs> They've just been fighting you off, and they're uh-huh. like, okay, well. we'll will immediately eat your food strange yeah. that we don't trust for reasons like uh-huh it's it, it nothing makes sense basically um, so then i'm like okay surely this is the end y- yeah <laughs> surely we're done the eggs have hatched they've made friends and they're like no why are they at this little small pond <laughs> which i'm like it there are literally six psyduck this is a huge pond for six <laughs> like oh but lake psyduck is over there what uh, yeah like do what? They, they, they never mentioned this before like what why are we hearing about this now you had the map out yeah you had the yeah. map out to find another way around why are we oh my god and then they're like oh let's go over there and see why they aren't at lake psyduck because there's muck in there suddenly Invasive species have basically taken over the lake, even though like everything else is nice and green. But presumably, that's why all these side got scared and left because they couldn't face the muck. They fight the muck and send them blasting off. Oh God! Okay, this is the worst part for me. And they end up in a mud lake, which yeah. is where they belong. So how did they go from mud lake to like Psyduck? Because they are uh-huh. clearly happier in mud lake so why did they leave right why would they stay here like you you wasted five thousand years fighting super powered ducks and don't explain this last what felt like an hour Mm -hmm. and there are three lady muck in the muck lake and they all fall in love it's like what is this they're, episode they're trying to tell people like oh don't feel bad about these muck being kicked out of a habitat we put them in the the perfect habitat for them which was just over they're there apparently the habitat they came from maybe i don't think they know each other so that's why i'm like oh this is new to them but i don't know it's it's a choice um and then and then they're like oh now the side deck can come back to the Lake named after them. Uh-huh. The end. That's it. Um, though I will say it is a neat little battle that we get between our heroes and these muck, which puts into question 
again why they just why you couldn't do that for the Psyduck? Why? Yeah, because the Psyduck beat our heroes apparently, but the Psyduck don't beat these muck. Yet our heroes beat the muck. Yeah, and like the Psyduck are super powerful. I don't. Uh huh. It it could just be them being like, hey, we don't really want to harm these Psyduck. But Ash was also very aggressive. So, the Psyduck are very aggressive. Like, they uh-huh. would have been very aggressive to muck polluting their lake. It just, it's so sloppy. Yeah. From start to end. And it lasts, it felt like it lasted an hour. I literally was like, how am mm-hmm. I still watching this episode? Yeah. It, how it, am I still in this episode? And none of these, none of these things make sense. Right. The pacing is, is just atrocious. Terrible. Yeah. Um, the only like entertaining part is this battle at the end for me. And it's so frustrating because they do this pattern of here's a really good episode. Mm -hmm. And then here's one of the worst episodes we've created. Which weird after it. This episode is more related to the games than the last one ever was. Right. And it's like not... (laughs) It's it's more filler. They don't even have like Cynthia say, "Hey, let's get the medicine to help them out." It's just right. Do you want to elaborate more on on how that works in the games for people who might not know? So I forget you. You can't go forward because the side decker plus are blocking the way because they have a massive migraine, and so you have to go all the way back around and then get medicine. Cynthia's like, "Hey, bring medicine to cure their headache." Uh-huh. She gives she gives the character I think secret potion is the secret item. potion and then you go and give it to them and their headache clears up and they leave yeah um I mean, so it's we just did... literally like an obstacle uh-huh. to be in the way and I thought oh cool they're touching on that maybe they'll make it more interesting and they yeah made it worse like, right like Cynthia at all they didn't sort of say hey mm-hmm. use this to help them out they just. There was an opportunity, and they really didn't take it. They went the complete opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, it's... But, yeah, again, like... It, it shows... What, what I like, though, is that this really shows how filler can vary in terms of quality. Right. And especially for something that's based off a specific source material, how... Even if it has that going for it, that doesn't necessarily save an episode or what the writers do with it. Because, again, that last episode, pretty much nothing to do with the games in terms of what your character does. Right. But it, it, it still right. elevates the plot and overall show better than right. this one. Did things that this episode just refused to do. Yeah. And so much of it felt recycled. Uh, they basically end the episode by being like, "Oh, hey, side that come back. You can enjoy this lake." And the babies are like, "Yeah, yeah, hey, we did hey. it." Announcement. Um, like, yep, that happened. <laughs> They're gonna go to the next town now. Right, and and then they can make it on time to Celestic Town for the Pokemon contest. Except, wait. Because you do you know what happens in the next four episodes? God. They spend a week at we, a yeah. summer academy. Yeah. So uh, why those... was there? Why why was there an urgency? Walk yeah. around. 
Uh-huh. Oh, God. So it just felt like they went, oh, we don't have enough episodes. Quick hack something together. Right. Uh, because those are famously like just a filler. It's it's decent, but it, it kind of contradicts what we're saying here about getting to Celestic Town on time. Right. It's just ugh. This episode was so bad. Yeah. Like this is this, this I if I was ever gonna rate something a one, this is it. This is a solid one for me. It felt recycled. It felt way too long. Literally nothing happened, and they didn't even bother to keep an internal consistency or logic to anything yeah. they did. The power scale kept fluctuating, even though Wildly. it was the premise of the yeah. the conflict. Um, I'll give it a three. I mean, like, I enjoy like, oh, cool. They they uh, they had some potential at the very beginning of like, oh, they're referencing the Psyduck thing from the games. Uh, but then they just bafflingly mess it up uh, yeah. in so many ways. Like, if you have these Psyduck here, like, do you have Psyduck on other places guarding the forest of these right. eggs? Are the you guarding the muck? How did this happen? Uh-huh. Oh boy. Yeah, I was just so mad at the end. I'm like, I can't. I can't yeah. believe I'm still watching this. <laughs> it's it felt so long. And I think that's my most frustrating thing mm -hmm. is for a 22 minute episode, it felt so long. Right. And, and it's like that's that's a failure of an episode. Like you couldn't even you couldn't even keep it to a tight 20 minutes and make it feel like a tight 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, like, I think what also bothers me is that everyone's IQ seems so much lower at the beginning right. than it is at the end. Right. Because they try to take the side that's on one on one. Um, Dawn's like, oh, maybe an underground attack will work as she sends out her swine up to use dig but in clear sight of these <laughs> psyduck so nothing sneaky about that and it's just psyduck like right <laughs> use energy bowling turtle barely even battled before ash called it back yeah it, uh... it's uh... it's one that just as a whole you pretty much said that greg just fails as an episode yeah, it's just everything. I'm just like, everything about this is. It's just a failure of an episode. I just. Uh, yeah. Um, this. Uh, so trivia. <laughs> this episode marks the first and only time that Brock's Hapini got knocked out. Yep. And Hapini. Uh, yeah, Hapini tries to like throw a big rock and basically Fails. falls over, uh, which is kind of cute, out. but. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because, like, again, not keeping Hapini consistent. Right. Um, there was so much sort of plot bending of everything just to to for, <laughs> ugh, for no reason. Yeah. And this episode does follow the theatrical release of Pokemon, the movie 11, which is uh, Giratina and the Sky Warrior. Mm -hmm. so, so we can say that this maybe happens between Heart Home and this episode. Um, and we get a name for baby Psyduck. Psyducklings. 
No? No 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 thoughts whatsoever on that name? Like No, like you have you're gonna introduce Ducklet. Like you can't uh, <laughs> next gen, yeah. And they look exactly the same as Psyducks. You can't be like, oh, they're slightly smaller and call them Psyducklings. It's like that's just right. not a thing. It's just not a thing. Stop. I'm never stop a it. fan of them trying to show what a baby Pokemon looks like and just saying, oh, it's the smaller version. Because right. so many times it's been like, oh, then they get a baby evolution. Like, wait, what does that mean then? Right. Ugh. And they, the babies get a completely different name when they're actual baby Pokemon. Like, Hepini mm-hmm. isn't. Yeah. Baby Chansey. Baby Chansey or Chanseyling. <laughs> I think it's just Dawn being cute, but it is just weird yeah. for me showing this portrayal. Um, like, I get po- not po- every Pokemon's exactly the same, but it's a little odd. Also, just three ducks? Like, why are you guarding this route if it's just, like, just right. hide them somewhere? I don't just know. Hide them. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, again... It's a. I mean, I'm glad I watched these two together for this episode <laughs> because the quality difference between them really balances out by the end. Right. Um, and yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it for us this week. So, if people want to go and check out these episodes with us, and if you have different takes, for sure, let us know in the comments. We'd love to see that. You can watch these episodes on Pokemon TV, which is available on your browser at watch.pokemon.com or on the mobile devices where you can get the app and on the Switch, which I've actually really? been trying. Um, goes along well with the new Bluetooth wi- wire, the mm-hmm. Bluetooth pairing thing, basically. Right. You can now not annoy everybody watching these episodes. <laughs> yep. And... Uh, coming up next, as I mentioned before, we get a four-part filler uh, like arc. Arc, yeah, it's it's decent overall. Um, the first half of the first episode is a little rough, but from there, I think it's pretty enjoyable. Um, we do I get mean, some Pokemon debuts, so it's not complete filler. Yeah, I don't hate when they do arcs, like because mm-hmm. they do need to fill things in. But yeah, it, it's definitely better. I think if they do that than just like one-offs that feel very disjointed like if you have a story and you're trying to piece it out over a a series of episodes that's a little more satisfactory for me yeah greg if people want to find you on the internet where can they do that uh find me on twitter at white wing perfect and i'm on twitter as well we will be teasing where you can follow me for updates on these episodes any new projects that you're working on or it's just going on with some stuff that you've been working on uh depending when this goes out my <laughs> my new book is probably out at this point oh okay fifth, so uh-huh. buy cool. it. what's it called uh the ultimate random encounters book oh nice okay it's the smash bros ultimate of your book series yep fifth one come out yeah perfect and yeah stay tuned and again like share subscribe if you want to share this with anyone who loves to know and wants to see where the anime kind of interpreted it which can be fun in a variety of ways this week not so much in terms of the the one thing that they chose to get from the games for this um but hey that's what we have here to discover and talk about 
Again, I've been Will. I'm Greg. And we will see you in Sinnoh. So until then, have a good one. Bye. Good night.